So, welcome to Calvary Church's broadcast on the 5th of July 2020, our evening service, entitled The Bridegroom's Coming is Delayed. You're most welcome. Those from Calvary Church, Brighton, uh, those from other churches that might be listening, such as Park Hill Church, and perhaps others that are seeking after truth and meaning in your lives. Whether you're listening in Cornwall or Cambodia, you are most welcome. For those that don't know me, I am Mark Rayfield, a member of Christ Universal Church and his local church here in Brighton, Sussex, England. Tonight, the theme is being ready for Christ's parousia, his second advent or arrival, which we have been looking at in Matthew's Gospel. And we'll be looking at this throughout the next chapter in chapter 25 so if you have a bible please turn there matthew chapter 25 verses 1 to 13 or on your tablet or device you have get that passage please um the parable of the ten virgins following on from steve's excellent uh, message about being prepared for christ's return we thank uh, phil wells our faithful minister for his ministry from Hebrews this morning, for Matt Jay, his superb work he is doing behind the scenes for the church in terms of broadcasting uh, these meetings online, as well as Annika, the musicians who are producing the music, and the people showing care and concern at this time for people in the church. We thank you. You know who you are. The Lord knows and sees all this and blesses it. So I pray for God's help this evening, for everyone listening, that you'll be transformed by the word of God and the proclamation of it, and that the Holy Spirit would help us believers and non-believers alike. So let's pray. In Psalm 103, verse 8, it says, The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we come to a God like this this evening. We know our own selves, Lord, how we are easily prone to anger, frustration, resentment, bitterness, quarrelling. We are divisive gossipers, Lord, and you know our hearts, Lord, but we realize that you are pure and holy and mighty and loving. Thank you, you do not treat us as our sins deserve, but you are gracious towards us. Oh Lord, we praise you because we know that this is true and we ask for your forgiveness, Lord, of all that we have done, said and thought, Lord. Well, we thank you for this day where We've been able to meditate on your word in the morning in Hebrews and now in this evening in Matthew's gospel. We praise you for all the ministry that's uh, taken place during this lockdown period for the blessing it is to be able to hear these broadcasts um, and be strengthened by your word, Lord. Thank you for the faithful, your faithful servants who have uh, produced many of these uh, talks. Um, we give you praise and glory for how you've helped so many. And Lord, we come in thanksgiving. We thank you for these summer days. We thank you that we can see your beautiful creation, the butterflies, the flowers, 
give her the plethora of technicolor and beauty we see badlias, roses, fuchsias, poppies. There are so many types and varieties of flowers and flora and fauna, and we praise you for this. We thank you for the opportunities during this strange season that we have. Um, uh, each one of us, Lord, and we pray that you would take those opportunities, Lord. We pray and we give thanks for NHS for 74 years in our country. Uh, they've been working hard on medical staff, nurses, doctors, cleaners. Oh Lord, we're so blessed with an NHS. We can often complain about it, but compared to other countries, we have a very good health system. And uh, we thank you for all that they've been doing during this coronavirus time. Oh Lord, bless the workers in the NHS, we pray. And we pray especially, Lord, uh, uh, you would speak to us tonight as we've been talking about. We do pray as well for our needs as a church. You know them, Lord. You know we are looking for a future minister, Lord, uh, for a lead pastor. Please provide in that regard. And we pray that you would be with us in our members meeting coming up, that we would have unity as a body, that we would understand your mind at this time, that we would be quick to listen well and to be moved by your spirit, Lord, uh, to discern what you are doing in your church at the moment. We particularly pray for our elders and deacons. We thank you for the hard work that they do. Um, we particularly pray for Ruthie, um, that you would bless her and help her, because we know that she's got um, a big burden at the moment that she's bearing, and we pray that you would raise people up to take some of that burden from her. Lord, to give uh, the church wisdom, we pray, um, especially uh, as we're now thinking of getting back together again as a, a church, Lord, uh, please help us make the right decisions, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, our first song is Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. Um, lovely song, uh, which is sung now with modern tunes and this was written by Robert Robertson um, he became a convert a long time ago in the 1700s I think and he um, was a minister in Norfolk and apparently he lapsed in his faith and he came back to the Lord um, when he was on a, a stage coach and uh, a woman who he didn't know quoted this hymn, Come Thou Fount, to him. And he replied, Madam, I am the poor, unhappy man who wrote that hymn many years ago. And I would give a thousand words if I had them to enjoy the feelings I had then. And it is said that she responded by telling Robert, Sir, the streams of mercy are still flowing. So we hope and pray that Robert was restored and uh, he came back to the Lord. So let's sing this song together with greater plumb to our Saviour.
So now our reading comes from Matthew 25, 1 to 13. So if you have it in your Bible, please turn to it. So the parable of the 10 virgins, Matthew 25, 1 to 13. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps, but did not take any oil with them. The wise, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both of us. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet. And the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Sir, sir, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, I tell you the truth. I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. May the Lord bless his word to us. So our second song now, um, one of my favourites. Again, sung in a contemporary way. This one is by the Grace Baptist in Guildford. Thank you. Um, is Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. It's pre-recorded. Look full in his wonderful face. So the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. This is a song about the gospel, about coming to Christ, repenting, believing, and then proclaiming him. So I think this is a different version to the one that I'm used to, but uh, it's sung lovely here by a lady from the Guildford Church. So may we sing with her in unison. Thank you. 
let's look in the word of God. So please open your Bibles, if you have them, to Matthew chapter 25. Do you think Jesus might come back in your lifetime? Are you too focused on your life here and now that you never give thought to the Lord's coming? Is this parable relevant to us today as it was in Matthew's time? These are some of the questions that we can think about as we study God's word and perhaps discuss on Zoom later after this service. So my first point is, one, be ready during the delay, verses one to five. Be ready during the, the, the delay. Christ likens his second coming, Perusia, at that time, verse one, to that of 10 bridesmaids or unmarried young ladies at a village wedding party in Judea, which I've read and heard were elaborate affairs, and apparently they still are, these ceremonies would last days and would be one of the highlights of the year as it would be a change to a life that was perhaps rather dull and mundane, mundane uh, especially for the ladies in the community. It was a time of joyful revelry, celebration. Marriages are, aren't they? We were hoping, or some of you were hoping to go to Anna's wedding recently. One of the wedding customs would be when the guests, bridesmaids, take the groom and his new wife and escort them from his father-in-law's house to their new home. They would have carried lanterns in the dark to lead the couple, perhaps they wouldn't be in the dark, but uh, in this parable it was, to lead the couple safely to their destination. And also to accompany uh, the rest of the procession, um, I've read that uh, there were lots of people perhaps uh, in these uh, these festivities and not just the bride and the groom, um, all the guests. So they had an important role, a job responsibility, uh, these particular bridesmaids. So who do these people represent? Well, the bridegroom is surely Christ represents him. So he's talking about himself here. And the young ladies must stand for the church, which is rather strange because normally in the Bible we read the church as the bride, but here they're cast as the, the bridesmaids. So take a look at verses two to five, please. Christ states that his return will be like these wise and foolish virgins. Some are prepared, the wise, and bring oil for their torches in jars, verse four which apparently would have been made out of oil-soaked rags wrapped on a stick, which would last only several minutes before being dipped into the oil again to be kept alight. The others are labelled foolish as they do not bring enough fuel. Perhaps a modern-day example of this would be going camping and only taking one canister of butane with you when you're staying for the weekends. It's not going to last. You're a fool. You need to take at least a few bottles, if not more, otherwise you'll run out. Be prepared. Let's go back into the text. So in verse five, the groom is a long time coming, tarrying in Old English. Kronos is the Greek word, meaning to linger, to spend time, to delay, or to take time. 
Christ takes his time. He hasn't returned for thousands of years. We're still here, 2020. The people in Matthew's time would have been thinking, is he gonna come back? Remember, brothers, sisters, a thousand years are but a day to him and a day like a thousand years. His timekeeping is different to ours, but he does promise to come. We know that he wants everyone to come to repentance and none to perish. That's why there is this delay. He is slow to anger, compassionate on his creation. So and other scripture references, James 5, 7 to 8, which is on the screen, I think. It says, be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too, be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. We must be patient, James says, for our Lord's arrival. It's not easy. Uh, we may get disheartened. Where is he? He hasn't come back. Perhaps we doubt he will. We're distracted in the meantime with different things. But he is coming back, brothers and sisters. James urges us to be resolute. Strengthen your hearts as we wait for him. In addition, in Hebrews, the book we were studying this morning with Phil, it says in chapter 10, which is all about persevering in the Christian faith. Again, this should be on the screen. Verses 36 to 39. It says you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised for in just a little while. He who is coming will come and will not delay Kronos. And but my righteous one will live by faith. And I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back or apostatizes. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. If you're a Christian this evening, we are to you are to be a person of faith as you wait for Christ's return and you will be saved. And you will receive the reward if you don't draw back. Christ is patient with us. He gives mankind a chance to be prepared to get the house in order, spiritually speaking, to be right with him. He is merciful in this regard, but he will come. His parousia could come any minute, so his church must be prepared for his return. The scripture reads on in verse five that these bridesmaids all fell asleep due to the weight. One presumes and perhaps being late at night. The point here is that the church need not be on a constant alert all the time to Christ's arrival, but that we should have the necessary provision when the time comes. This provision is not elaborated on in this parable, but we have hints of it in the next where the picture is of the talents entrusted to his master's servants. The servants who use his, their talents wisely in the kingdom are rewarded the most. We should be about the Lord's business as one of our elders often enunciates. It should not be a passive waiting in getting on the job which the Lord 
has given us, making most of the opportunities he has entrusted you with. And these are specific to all of us this evening. The Lord has given you gifts, responsibilities, talents, which you should be using for the kingdom of God. Are you ready? If Jesus were to return, how would he find you? Would he find you with enough oil to keep your torch burning? Neither group were condemned for sleeping, as I said, but one for not being ready when the bridegroom comes. So we are not condemned for carrying on with the ordinariness of everyday life. We have to sleep. We must carry on with our jobs that law's given us. Whatever we're doing, whether that be nine to five or other hours, perhaps caring for young children, providing for our families, looking after elderly relatives. But alongside this, are we living lives in the light of the king's return? Secondly, verses six to ten. Personal salvation cannot be shared. Personal salvation cannot be shared. In the next section of our parable, verse six, Christ comes suddenly at midnight. A cry goes out and the virgins wake from their slumber. The bridegroom is here and they are summoned to meet him. They trim their lamps or decorate them, put them in order, adorn them. And the foolish ones are shown up for who they really are. They need more oil for their torches as they're running out. The reaction of the wise ones seems rather curt and perhaps selfish. No, we may need it for ourselves. Go to the store and buy some yourselves. Here is the point. Personal preparedness cannot be shared. Verse nine. Our faith is a personal relationship with God and it cannot be transferred to another person. Personal responsibility is being emphasized plainly here. We cannot rely on another person's faith, whether that be parents, siblings, or friends. We all need to be walking with the Lord and be found walking with him when he returns, if he returns in our lifetime. Some on the Lord's second coming will be found out for who they really are, professing believers who looked good on the outside but had their lamps and had their lamps, but had nothing inside of worth. The master comes back and sees that they are not productive for him in the kingdom. The hypocrites, duds. And sadly, this will be the case when the trumpet sounds. There will be people like that. So personal salvation cannot be shared. We need to be walking with the Lord when he comes. And lastly, Thirdly, ultimate exclusion at the wedding feast. Look at verses 11 to 13. Lastly, we see these foolish virgins returning and crying out, Sir, sir, or master, master, let us in. But the master replies, surely I do not know you. Isn't it sad that they were invited to the party? They knew their job, they knew their role. But they didn't get in as they were unprepared. They had the opportunity, but it's gone. The door is now shut. They can't partake in the party, the festivities. 
But on the other hand, they get what they deserve and they pay the price. They are negligible because they were chosen to do a specific job and knew what was expected of them, but they didn't do it properly. This echoes Matthew 7, 23. In the passage 21 to 23, it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? And I will plainly say to them, I never knew you away from me, you evildoers. So to conclude this evening, um, let us be like those wise virgins who prepared and had provision for the bridegroom. Let us always give ourselves fully to the work of the Lord, wherever we are. And may we be genuine in our profession of faith, so that when the bridegroom returns, he will be pleased and say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. Here is your inheritance. We'll invite us back to enjoy the wedding party. What feast, what joy, we will have at this party if we are faithful to the end. Jesus does not only give these parables as, as a warning, but also as an encouragement to keep being patient, to persevere, to not grow weary in doing good. For he has promised he will surely come and welcome his people into his presence to be with him forever. So, brothers and sisters, we need to be ready. If Christ return in our lifetime, or if the Lord calls us home through death, we need to be prepared for this as well. The reality is that he might call us to himself before the trumpet call, before he comes back. So, whichever means he takes us, may we be those who are not counterfeit, but those who are fixed on the kingdom business, promoting the Lord Jesus Christ and serving him with whatever vessels he has given us in the power of his Holy Spirit. And if you're not a believer this evening, you might be enjoying lots of things here on earth, but they're temporary. And be warned that they might be taken. You might be taken this very night. There is a warning to get right with him. Do not live for what is just here you can see it will go. There is still time to repent and turn to Christ. So I urge you to repent, to come to him so that you will be allowed into the wedding feast. Because Jesus says to those, come to me, all who are weak and burdened, and I will give you rest. What a promise. So if Christ's, if Christ comes tonight, how will he find you? Let's end with another song, Nothing But the Blood of Jesus. This was written by Robert Lowry um, in 1876, which is when our church was founded, if I'm right. 
the Lord is still delaying his return. It's 2020, but we're still singing the same hymn. Nothing but the blood of Jesus is only through his blood that we can go to this celestial city, that we can enter the, the feast of the bridegroom. So let us sing this lovely hymn together.
let me end with the ironic blessing as we heard last week in Numbers chapter 6. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. May that be true for you tonight and God bless you and keep you. Uh, many of you will be going on the Zoom discussion, so hope to see you there. Bye-bye from me.